Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. The plan is longer term to integrate also with contacts. We're sort of knocking off Apple integration. So we started with calendar. We're going to add reminders in two weeks. And then at some point, we will add contacts integration as well. Welcome back to iPad Pros. Today in the podcast is Drew McCormack, co-founder of Agenda. Agenda is a date-focused note-taking app for both planning and documenting your projects. Agenda was an Apple design winner in 2018 and has a really unique style and approach to notes and projects. We dive into where the idea of Agenda came from, his work in scientific research prior to launching Agenda, how Agenda is different from the other note-taking apps out there, some of Agenda's roadmap, their business model, and much more. You can find more information about Agenda at www.agenda.com. As a reminder, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash iPadPros. And if you haven't left a review in Apple Podcasts, I'd really appreciate a minute of your time to do that. Every review really helps send signals to Apple to promote the show more in search, helping others discover the show. Without further ado, here's my interview with Drew. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Drew. Thanks a lot, Tim. Thanks for having me. Sure thing. Can you first introduce yourself and where the idea of Agenda came from? I'm Drew McCormack. I've been an indie developer for about 10 years. About four years ago, a friend of mine, Alex Griegspoor, came and suggested that we do a project together. He had an idea for this app, Agenda, which was a text editor. But it was a text editor with a very strong focus on dates. So we started developing, I guess, three years ago now. And after about two years of development, we were able to release the first version of Agenda. So it's been on the market for about a year. We've got a Mac version, iPad and iPhone versions now. It won an Apple Design Award last year, so we're pretty proud of that. It's off to a great start, and we're constantly pushing it forward. And on the website, you mentioned that you did scientific research prior to development work. What was that work? What did that involve? Yeah, it's an interesting team, actually, because we all did scientific work. So the the main players are Alex and I. I was in theoretical chemistry for about 15 years. So I I have a PhD in in theoretical chemistry and I did postdocs for several years. I did a lot of scientific research. In that time, I met Alex and I met other contributors, such as the designer for Agenda, Marcello Lupi, and he's also a scientist. We actually worked on the same papers and things together. We were all basically come from science. We worked together as scientists. At some point, we all basically made the decision to become indie developers and make apps. Alex and I have been sort of working separately for about 10 years as indie developers, and this is the first project we've done together. Yeah, and did that background kind of influence the idea of agenda the design itself doesn't come so much from science the idea came from alex and alex had a system that he used when he was taking notes for meetings and for projects and the system basically involved a simple note which was another app for taking notes and what he would do is he would put the latest notes at the top of a, a big long document for a particular project for a project he would have one big document and he'd put new notes at the top so a bit like twitter or something like that he would start planning next week's meeting at the very top. So he would always be sort of a step ahead. And so when the next meeting came around, he would already have a whole lot of ideas and a whole lot of actions and and discussion points for the meeting. So that's the basic 
specific way that agenda works and that that was his system and we decided to make try to make an app around this system where projects sort of move forward continually and you continually make things in the future in preparation and then they come into the present and then eventually into the past so how are you finding that you guys personally use agenda we use it every day which is good i think because you can tell what the sticking points are we get annoyed by some aspects of the app as well and it means that we we can at least uh, then know we have to fix those so the most important use case for me is just actually developing agenda that's probably the, the thing that i use it for the most is to actually take notes plan tasks plan projects for actually developing agenda itself what is i'm not sure if we actually covered this at the very beginning what is your role within agenda yeah it's it's a really small team there's only really two of us that are full time both co-founders so we, we handle the business aspects and we're both developers, jack of all trades type of thing. Yeah. The only thing that we really get someone else in to do the actual design. Gotcha. So in your agenda, you have different projects for the roadmap as well as day-to-day smaller releases. and Exactly. I think I've, I, I, if I'm looking here, there's about, I think I've got 25 projects that are in the agenda category. Some of those are just like daily tasks, things that I've, I've got, I want to do today. Some of them are general bugs. I should get to this someday to fix this bug. And other things are very specific projects. For example, I've got one here for Undo, which is a project that I did a few months ago. Images and attachments, that was a big project. And things that are coming up, like I've got one here for pencil support, which would be interesting for the iPad. It's pretty empty at this stage. It's really just a planning at this stage, but that will at some point become my active daily project. That's kind of the idea of agenda, that you have things in different stages. You have things for the plan for the future, and you have things that have are already in the past and you have things that you're working on that are currently on the agenda. That's a sort of a, a phrase that we use. So how do you guys see agenda? Uh, it's not a traditional task manager. Is it more of a supplement or do you guys use task managers as well in addition to agenda? What's its role within the other ecosystem of note-taking apps and task managers out there? First and foremost, it is a note-taking app. So it's got a free format text entry. That's an important difference with a standard task manager which is usually a very list-based thing. You can make lists and checklists and things in Agenda, so you can certainly use it for tasks, but it's not as focused as, say, things or, or omni-focus. It really depends on your own use case. Some people like to use Agenda with, say, omni-focus or with things, and the way they do that is you can create links, basically, between Agenda and thing and the other way as well. You can make something in things that points to a note in Agenda, and you can make a note in Agenda that points to uh, tasking things. That's one way to use it, sort of in combination with another app. I used to use OmniFocus every day, and I've found that I can, at least for my use case, replace everything with agendas. I have basically notes, which are lists of tasks, basically checklists. And there are those things, of course, which where you want to know, want to be reminded of something or you need sort of a due date. For those things, I actually, at this stage, use Minders app. It's good enough for what I need. So with that combination of Reminders app and Agenda, I can sort of get away with not having a task manager. What I quite like about that approach is that you can very easily mix your tasks with other types of content. You can throw in you know, some links or you can throw in research that you've done. Because it's a freeform note, you can just combine things. And I like that aspect. Right. And I did see on the boards that Reminders and Integration is something you guys are looking at. And that would make sense because I think Reminders is based off of calendars as well, which is kind of something that Agenda piggybacks off of. Exactly. Exactly. That's something we've got 
coming up very soon. We're launching it in about two weeks. Actual integration with Reminders. I said that I use Reminders myself, but that's sort of independent of Agenda. But we are actually adding that in about two weeks to Agenda. So then you will actually be able to edit Reminders, add them directly with, uh, you know, sort of markdown syntax. It should be really powerful, I think. It would make Reminders app actually much more powerful in itself. With this close integration with Agenda, it could be very useful. Just the same way we have close integration with the calendar app. Yeah. So one question I had with the calendar app, I haven't tried this, but if you are having notes that are tied to multiple calendars and then you install Agenda on a second device that doesn't have all those calendars on it, what happens to those notes? Agenda will preserve the information. So it does sort of grab the calendar event information when you link and it stores some of that internally so that if the calendar event is not there then at least you'll still have the right date and time of course you won't see the calendar event in you know in the inspector because that's only for things that are actually in the calendar on the device but at least uh, agenda sort of preserves the information and if the calendar ever does appear or if you install on a different device that does have that calendar it will just automatically link up it, it, it'll know that's the right event now on the sidebar you have on the agenda today and search all for those that need like the week ahead are save searches the solution for those people to be more custom with what's up there yeah exactly we put in today because we thought that was sort of so common that, that just about everyone would want to have that when you want something more versatile something like this week or tomorrow or yesterday even you can just do a search the search can handle text, but it can also handle dates. You can search for a range of dates, the, the coming seven days, for example, and then you can save that as anything you want. You can call that coming week or something like that. And any note that has a date in that range will appear in there. That's a pretty powerful thing. You can combine it with uh, searches for tags. So for example, you could have a range of dates and some tag that you, you want to be in the note. You can make very flexible systems even with just that quite simple uh, setup. Yeah, so if you tag things for work or for personal, you could have different save searches based on that criteria as well. Exactly. And you, you can do things like, say, you might have a tag, very important. or You can assign some sort of priority as well, effectively, if you put a tag in, in a note that says important. And then you could have coming week, important. And then, yeah, so it'd be anything that's got a date in the next week that's also got the important tag. So, yeah, it's quite flexible. And where the idea of adding peoples as a separate... They're not tags, but a separate kind of group of things. Where did that idea come from? It, they do actually just work like tags at this stage. There's not much difference with them. The plan is longer term to integrate also with contacts. We're sort of knocking off Apple integration. So we started with calendar. We're going to add reminders in two weeks. And then at some point, we will add contacts integration as well. So we, it did make sense to sort of have people be very important type of tag. That was the idea of separating them from standard tags. We could better integrate them with real people in the future. Gotcha. And just with like the tag limitation, first name, last name, you can't have a space there. Do you put a dash in there? What do you do personally do for that? I usually just join them together with no space, but then capital letters. That's sort of like a programming type of system. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dashes, underscores are possible. This is just something that we didn't get around to, to doing. We'll fix this at some point. Yeah, I'd imagine when the contacts integration comes, that'll just kind of replace the need for that. 
entirely almost. Yeah, yeah. Even without that, it should be possible to put a space in, in a person. Uh, yeah. It was partially dictated by the fact that we've got this markdown integration where you can just type text. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a little bit tricky to handle spaces in that sort of syntax. It's not impossible, but it's, it made it a little bit more difficult to handle spaces. So we just sort of put it off a bit. Yeah. But at some point, we would definitely improve tags and people. Also with autocompletes, another thing that really should be in there. So you mentioned markdown. You guys do have really rich text entry as far as being able to format things really nicely are you also able to add the the hashtags to do h1 and h2 and that kind of stuff right exactly so that's something that we like ourselves we didn't want to make a actual markdown editor which is a, uh, the way that a lot of text editors have gone they've turned into actual markdown editors where you you actually just type fully in markdown which is a plain text format we wanted to just sort of have shortcuts if you type hash space uh this is a heading it converts immediately into a heading doesn't stay markdown it's just like a shortcut a little bit like a keyboard shortcut and things like bold if you put underscore and then type some some words and then another underscore you get italic or double underscore you get bold so all of these things come from Markdown. They're sort of shortcuts that come from Markdown. But we, we wanted that ourselves, that you just make it really snappy to to enter text and not have to think too much about it, but at the same time end up with something that I think uh, looks good, as opposed to sort of this um, hashtags everywhere. Right. And at the same time, I'm looking through the keyboard shortcuts. You support the standard stuff like Command-B for bolding, whichever one you want. So a power user might use the Markdown and someone who's more used to, uh, say, Microsoft Word or something, they might use the uh, command B. So something that I do a lot with tasks is I have a timestamp with them. Is there a way to do that with an agenda, or is that just something not possible yet? We have a date attached to the whole note, and that doesn't have a time. It's just got a day. The way you can get a time attached is to attach the note to a calendar event, because it, as soon as you do that, it'll take the time from the calendar event. We decided not to put times on notes. We thought that was a little bit too wishy-washy because a note usually, if you know that it's just for a particular day, that's good enough. Unless maybe it is for a particular event like a meeting and then maybe you really do want the time. And so that's why we do support it when you attach to an event. But if you're talking about tasks in in a list, we don't do that yet, but this reminders integration will really help with that. But you'll be able to say, okay, make a reminder for this particular task, this particular checkpoint. It will attach a little icon and you can edit directly from inside Agenda. And it will also put an alarm in the Reminders app so that you you, know, you see it on your iPhone or whatever. Now, another thing I noticed the other day, I use it mostly on the iPad and I was looking through some of the keyboard shortcuts and I noticed something for a table of contents, which is actually available via touch as well by just clicking on the project name and it pulls down a very nice list of all the things within that project. This is something that's, I guess, more apparent on the iPhone's size class when you kind of make it a smaller app with a little arrow pointing down. Like, what are the complications designing for touch and, like, discoverability and those kinds of things? Yeah, I mean, that's a good one because it is not fully discoverable, even on the Mac. Well, with the Mac, you can hover, right? That's uh, Right, yeah. So if, if you hover over that title at the top, Uh, it turns orange. And so that's a pretty good clue that that's something you can click. Whereas on the iPad and and the iPhone, you don't have that. It's a little bit difficult because you don't have this hover state where things can change color or, you know, pop up or whatever. It's, it's kind of 
not essential, but you know that that's there. It's kind of like one of those nice little features that when you discover it, you think, oh, this can really make things faster because you can just simply can scroll through the notes quite quickly on iOS. Yeah. So it's not, not essential that you use it, but it is nice when you discover that. Yeah, it's very handy. But yeah, as you said, scrolling does does the same, but it is nice to see that condensed view. Are there any other like hidden um, kind of Easter egg type of features within Agenda that you're you're fond of? If you pinch on a note, it collapses. I don't know if that many people realize that. There's different ways to collapse a note, but that's that's a nice iOS sort of way to, to do it, uh, to pinch in, pinch in on a note. Yeah, I like the little animation to the, the three lines kind of expanding in and out. Right, and it sort of makes sense because you're sort of pinching the note shut. That's kind of an Easter egg sort of thing. One feature that I think a lot of people don't notice so much is the history feature, that we've got this browser-like history, and that's in the left panel at the bottom. There's these two arrows, and you can go forwards and backwards in your navigation history. So that's really convenient if you, for example, just need to check something and then you want to go straight back to where you were. Those little arrows can, it's a little bit like using the back button in Safari or something like that. A lot of people don't see those, not really front and center. Most note-taking apps don't have that sort of thing. So it's uh, not something you'd expect probably from a note-taking app. And the iPad app in particular, is there anything special about that version that you're especially uh, fond of? It's mostly the same. Of course, you've got more screen real estate, so that, that makes things uh, nicer. For example, the, the keyboard controls are more spread out, so you can more easily choose styles than, for example, on the iPhone, where everything's you need, you need at least two taps on the iPhone, where on the iPad you can, you can often get away with one. Of course, the drag and drop is nice, which you don't have on the iPhone. But we don't really have anything that's specific to the iPad yet. But like I mentioned earlier on, we are planning to do pencil support soon. That will be a nice feature, which basically is is just for the iPad. Basically being able to draw and use handwriting to make images. So we've already started planning that. We've got a designer working on the, on the layouts and uh, probably in a few months we'll get around to that. Yeah, that'll be super handy for meetings. We get a lot of requests for people that want to take handwritten notes, but even just sort of doing a doodle or, you know, just a little diagram or taking an image and drawing on top of the image or highlighting some text if it's in image form, that sort of thing. Have you guys considered audio recording? I know the database size would grow exponentially adding that, but I know a lot of note-taking apps, especially for meetings, will incorporate that. Yeah, there have been some requests for that. People in lectures, for example, students, they often want to have some sort of audio recording. You can't do it yet. What you can do is you can attach audio files. So one way to to sort of do that at this point in time would be to record with some other app like QuickTime or something, or I guess that'd be the Mac on, on iOS, you'd use something else. Yeah, like voice memos. Right. And then you could pull like, that file into uh, Agenda when you're finished. But yeah, that would certainly be something we'd like to add. How far have you guys stretched the database size limits with attachments? Has, has that broken yet with people getting too crazy with attachments? We haven't really had uh, anyone sort of complain. Early on, we had a bit of a bug, which would use PNG format instead of JPEG in some cases. And that led to some some very big images appearing in people's database. They quickly complained about that and we fixed it. We haven't seen anyone come along yet and say, uh, you know, my iCloud's full uh, because of your app or anything. So right. I think in general, people are, are fairly responsible with it. <laughs> <laughs> 
And doing exports, how are the attachments addressed within those exports that you guys do out of Agenda? It depends a little bit on the format. We try to include them if we can. We've got my own format, which is Agenda file format, which is just for exchanging with other people, basically other people that have got agenda and that includes everything so if you export a note as agenda file format then then the, the, the other person gets all your attachments from that note as well as the note itself so it's a direct copy and when they do the agenda export is are you able to like airdrop it to someone and then do they get a pick where it goes within their database or how does that work that's an excellent question <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure that works because uh, we do i know that you can import things and it will give you a list of projects to choose from where you put that there are certain formats like pdf which are it's more difficult to attach things to we haven't we haven't got that yet so with attachments there you get for example you would you would see an image maybe but other types of attachments would just be like a placeholder basically like a an icon or something right you can export uh, in rich text rtfd format which is a rich text format which also includes the attachments we try to include them but it's not always possible it's, or at least it's not always easy enough to do in this version <laughs> maybe in the future so agenda is available for free how did you guys determine your model and uh, something i find curious about your model is it's every 12 months you get features for 12 months if you pay for the upgrade and it's not a subscription. You own those features for 12 months. And if there's new stuff, you can pay for the next 12 months worth of features. How'd you guys kind of come upon that uh, model and decide what features go where? Yeah, it's a good question because it is a bit of a, it's quite a unique model. Uh, but there's a few other apps that are using it, but not many. Yeah, why did we come up with that model? We, we wanted something that was uh, would give us some re- recurring income as developers because it's difficult to have an app that just you sell once and never get any more income from. And people are generally don't like paying for updates these days, version one, version two, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So we were looking for a way out. A lot of apps, are of course, moving to subscriptions, but personally, we didn't like subscriptions ourselves. For most apps, it doesn't feel right to me to subscribe to an app. It just, I mean, it makes sense if, if they're providing content or, or something like that. But in, in general, just paying for bug fixes, it, it doesn't quite feel right to me. And I think a lot of people have that same feeling. And so we, we wanted some way around where we could get recurring income, but people wouldn't feel you know ripped off or wouldn't feel forced into taking a subscription or worried that they will forget to cancel the subscription. All, all these things that come up when, you, when someone says, yeah, you have to subscribe. So we came up with a system where everything you pay for, you keep, right, forever. So any feature you've bought, you keep that forever. And we just we can introduce new features to try to get you to pay again. It's a win-win, I think. Uh, we, we have to keep working hard to make nice new features to convince people to pay again. And people who have already paid, they keep or what they already own. It's not like a subscription where after a year, all of a sudden, you can't open your documents anymore or you can't edit your documents. Everything keeps working exactly as it did before. Yeah. And is there a system in place to alert a user when a brand new feature has arrived? Is it the app store update you know release notes or is there a way to tell a user hey your 12 months is up and there is a new feature that has now uh, shipped yeah we've built in sort of badges so at the top right of the screen 
it'll say, in fact, I'm looking at it right now, it says new features. We've released some premium features in the last few months that I haven't yet learned about. So if I see that new features badge, I can go up and tap it and find out what they are. That's one thing. And if your year is about to end, it will also warn you of that as well. If you decide not to continue, then we'll keep adding features and, and you'll see that badge update with new features and you can decide at some later time that you do want to pay again to unlock the features. Very cool. And something that Apple released last year was shortcuts. Have you seen the community start to automate agenda in any ways? Yeah, that's actually been quite a surprise for us. We weren't really focused on shortcuts to begin with. But Federico Fetici from Mac Stories started to use the app. And he's really into that sort of thing, that the shortcuts and the X, X callback URL uh, things. And so we started adding features in response to some of his things, some of his comments, and we discovered that there's really a lot of people that are that are using it. We've got a, a community inside the app as well, and a web community called agenda.community. It's basically a forum people can post in. And we started seeing a lot of people posting really interesting uses of, of shortcuts, things like being able to add a quick diagram to agenda which is basically something we want to do ourselves at some point you know, the pencil technology but people have already started doing it with shortcuts with with other apps it's pretty amazing what you can do just with a, a little bit of work on our end it's not an enormous amount of work to add shortcut support and people st- sort of take off from there we've decided to add a special section in our community as well just for shortcuts so that people can discuss uh, how they're doing it share shortcuts and that sort of thing now currently you have projects and categories. Have you guys considered nested projects or a separate database if someone wants to divide home and work into two separate instances of their data? From day one, we've thought about this uh, and discussed this question, should we have nested projects? And um, yeah, it's, it's definitely something we want to do. We haven't done it so far. We, did, we decided in the beginning we would just set up for a very simple model, which is basically alphabetically ordered uh, projects. But of course, people now want to reorder them and they want to nest them. So yeah, this is definitely something that's on the horizon. It's not far away. It's, it's in our roadmap for the future. Okay. And then with the iPad, you have drag and drop now, which is awesome. You can drag attachments in. You can even drag notes out to the files app and you'll have the, the text of that note. With projects, it just uh, when you drag that out, it just kind of gives you the title of the project. Have you considered lo- adding drag and drop support? Is there demand for that? I was a bit surprised that this didn't work myself, to be honest, because you can just export a project. If, if, if on the iPad you slide your finger to the, across the project to the left, you can see three dots appear. You can tap on that to export the project. I think it's called Share. So basically, the feature is already there. It's just a question of making it work with drag and drop. And I, I think it's just an oversight on our behalf. We did it with the notes, but we forgot to do it with the projects. Yeah. And then something that the third generation iPad Pro brought with it is USB-C and more users hooking up to external displays. And something I'm curious about, have you guys looked into what would make sense for a optimized external display of agenda for those that do want to use it in that way? Uh, no, this one sort of catches me a bit off guard because I didn't even realize the thing, to be honest. I hadn't, I hadn't heard about this, uh, this trend. And it makes sense because... For a long time, people have used laptops, used their MacBook with an external display. But the iPad, of course, has never been powerful enough really for that. And now with this this new iPad Pro, it is powerful enough. 
And so people are starting to sort of supplant the, the laptop with the iPad. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, I guess it's a new, brand new thing, and it's very interesting from, from your perspective, I guess. It's not something we've thought about yet. I'm not sure how that would – how does that work, actually? How do they do the touch, uh, or do they do it entirely with the keyboard? Yeah, text entry apps are big, like uh, optimizing a uh, note app, for instance, and it just – the display, it would just take advantage of the full 16 by 9 aspect ratio and look more native on there. You'd still occasionally have to glance down for tap targets, but if you're doing a lot of text entry, it can be a rather good experience in that way. So you use the iPad as like a, a, a bit like a, a mouse almost. Yeah, uh, you, you exactly. You just use it for, for, for t- touch and interaction. Yeah. And then the, the screen is actually what you're looking at most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting uh uh, dynamic. Uh, I think we'll have to wait and see what happens there. See what other people do. Uh, what other apps do? Yeah, uh, I've got no experience with that that way of working. Right. Yeah. It's it is definitely a newer thing that I've only started doing more recently. Yeah. I think we'll start with with the drawing and the pencil, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll move up to the uh, the external displays. Yeah. And then uh, something I saw in the community was uh, templates, which that just clicked with me it's that would make sense if you have a certain recurring meeting every week to have certain templates set up for that is that something that you guys have looked into the interesting thing about templates is we actually added it i think very early on and there's actually code inside of agenda that does templates the problem is we haven't exposed it yet in any nice uh, ui so yeah it's always been there it's always been something we wanted to do to the point where we actually did it but but we didn't actually make it a releasable feature but yeah that's going to come at some point for the time being we just sort of usually recommend people to have a note that they can copy or or to use a text expander or something like that but yeah it, it would be a really nice feature like you say there's certain types of notes that you have a standard format that you repeat over and over for example a meeting note or something and yeah just being able to to choose a menu or or tap a button to insert a template would be great definitely on the roadmap and then i just wanted to compliment you guys on the onboarding process those launch screens are really helpful and just kind of getting understanding of what agenda is was that your designer at work with that or it was our designer and and we do a lot of the design as well we sort of do it as a team he is the guy that makes it look really nice he contributes to also how things work and we generally discuss it as with the three of us as to how things should work and once we've decided on how things should work then he makes it look nice so the user interaction is a team effort and then the i guess the graphical design you would say is purely down to the designer and then anything we haven't covered yet that you'd like to? Not really. Just to mention again that in two weeks, I think it's the 15th of April, we're going to have a, a reasonably big launch of a new new feature, and that's the uh, reminders feature. And there's a couple of other nice things in that release as well. There's uh, Evernote imports and there's Dropbox Sync. So, yeah, some three quite nice features. And that's, yeah, so it's a good time to... Uh, to jump on board if you've been waiting for reminders integration or Evernote or, or Dropbox. Excellent. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time today, Drew. Uh, for those that want more information, what's the uh, website? Uh, very easy. It's agenda.com. Perfect. Yeah. That's the commercial uh, website where you can download. And if you want to just get into the discussion and see what people are talking about, you can go to agenda.community. That's uh, a place to talk about agenda uh, with other people. Great. Thank you so much, Drew. Really appreciate uh, your time today. Great. Thanks a lot, Tim. Thanks for listening to this episode of iPad Pros. You can find the show notes over at iPadPros.net. You can send your feedback to me at iPadProsPodcast.gmail.com. If you email a voice memo, I'd be happy to include your audio in a future episode. I'm on Twitter 
at iPad Pros Podcast. And as mentioned at the top of the show, if you haven't had a chance to review the show on Apple Podcasts, I highly encourage you to do so. Every review helps send signals to promote the podcast more in search and helps other people discover the show. Thank you for your time and attention today. Talk to everyone again real soon.